Again, anxiety is not a destination, it is a journey. And if someone tells you after a hypnotherapy session, you're never gonna feel anxiety again, it's very, very wrong. You are going to feel anxiety again. But how do you feel anxiety? How intense you feel anxiety? How you have management and control over your anxiety is going to be the difference. Welcome to the Mind Over Body podcast. This is your host and certified hypnotherapist, B. Thank you for joining me today. Today, I'd like to talk about something that is not very hypnotic, but I know for a fact that it's very, very important if you like to manage your anxiety better. So what I'm going to talk about is establishing a few daily self-care habits that will really transform your anxiety journey. Probably by now you're thinking that this has nothing to do with hypnosis, but it does have something to do with hypnosis in a way. So when we do hypnosis for anxiety management, We work with maybe specific events, we may work with your certain triggers, we may work with maybe visuals or whatever may be triggering the anxiety feeling from you. And you may get great results following hypnosis, but anxiety is not a final destination. So you can't get rid of anxiety by just doing hypnotherapy. What you can have is you can have a better management over your anxiety with the help of hypnosis. We can work under hypnosis to change your subconscious beliefs, maybe release some trapped emotions, maybe move some stuck physical feelings out of your body. There's still a lot more to do outside of the sessions as well because yes, you dealt with it in a great way for this time, But say in three, four months, another trigger came by. Do you know what to do when that happens? So for that reason, in my practice, I usually recommend my clients to start establishing self-improvement habits in their daily life. And these are very simple things, very personal things that helps them to keep their wellness and their anxiety levels at a stable level. So they are not out of control, even when different things happen in their life. So I may give them a suggestion under hypnosis, like you are taking care of your mental health, you are more inclined to explore things like meditation or whatever be discussed with that specific client. Because I truly think that this will contribute your success in terms of having a better management and control over your anxiety. Again, anxiety is not a destination, it is a journey. And if someone tells you after a hypnotherapy session, you're never gonna feel anxiety again, it's very, very wrong. You are going to feel anxiety again, but how do you feel anxiety? How intense you feel anxiety? How you have management and control over your anxiety is going to be the difference. According to many psychotherapists, mental health is being flexible. Even when unfortunate things happen in life, because they will, they always do. 
being able to come back to your equilibrium, your balance easily, quickly, or finding your own way in terms of finding that balance. So that's what they mean by flexibility. Even negative things happen, you may feel them, you may feel you may have bad days, you may have very upset days, but eventually you come back to your equilibrium in a stable, effortless, and easy way. By any means, when you try hypnosis with anxiety, this doesn't mean that when negative things happen in your life, like say you broke up from a very important relationship or you lose someone that you truly loved, this doesn't mean that you're not going to feel anything when those types of things happen. It just means that when negative things happen in your life, when important life changes happen in your life, you're not going to get as shaken as you would in the past, maybe. That's going to be the difference. And one of the tools that can help you with this quick, smooth transition to go back to your flexibility is your daily routines. As humans, we are very designed around our daily routines. You may realize that many of the things that you do in your daily life comes from muscle memory. How many times have you find yourself driving your car without even thinking? You don't even think about pressing brake, but you are somehow managing to drive perfectly in a very high traffic area. That's called muscle memory. Your muscles already know what to do. Your mind already knows unconsciously what to do. And many of us, we live our day-to-day lives with this intense and incredible muscle memory. Anyhow, by establishing healthy self-improvement techniques in your daily life, you can maintain this flexibility. Even on the times that you are not going into hypnotherapy sessions, when you're not going to other therapy sessions, these types of self-improvement habits are going to give you that calmness, that prolonged relaxation, that control that you look for, especially if you're someone who is dealing with anxiety. So these are usually very simple things, and I'm going to go over each and every single one of them. And you can pick and choose whichever seems exciting or doable for you. Whenever we push something that doesn't feel right to us or that feels boring to us, it's hard to turn that into a daily habit and it's going to become sort of like a task. We don't want it to be like a task, right? We want it to be something that you look forward to, to take that time off for yourself during your busy daily life. And that's the reason why I'm giving you all these options. So you pick and choose whichever one seems positive, seems exciting, seems like something doable for you. And start adding this in your daily routine. When I say add this to your daily routine, it sounds like I'm asking you to do this every single day. And I do in a way, but there can be some days where you don't feel like doing anything, including your self-improvement habit. And that's very normal. I can give you my example. I usually practice meditation, self-hypnosis, and breath work, and I alternate between these three during the week because it gets boring for me if I just do one thing throughout the whole week. And what I do is usually during the weekdays, I can really stick to my schedule and I can practice every single day. And the time that works for me is at night before I sleep. Of course, you can and you should find your own time frame that works the best for you. But sometimes 
I feel like I don't want to do anything. I just want to read my book and fall asleep. In those days, I don't do, and I also don't feel bad because I know that on the majority of the time, I'm actually doing it. So you don't have to do it every single day, but just enough that it's not something that you forget. It's not something that you leave off. It's not something that you postpone. It's something that you frequently do, but on some days, because you're a human, because you don't feel like doing it, you just don't do That gives you an additional flexibility that you don't feel bad about yourself on the days that you don't do these things. So let's jump right into it. The first option that I'll give you is going to be journaling. If you're someone who likes writing, I would highly recommend journaling. Journaling doesn't, again, have to mean that you have to sit down and write every single day. You can write as you feel overload of emotions. You can write as necessary And I love writing and journaling because when we are writing, after a certain point, we start getting into our subconscious mind. The more you write, the more true emotions, the true motives that you have inside of your subconscious mind start coming out. And it kind of becomes like a release. For example, say you had a busy day, emotional day, traumatic day. The more you write on the paper, the more you can release It kind of gets on the paper, but outside of you. So it's very, very effective. And it becomes kind of like a venting time for yourself. And it doesn't have to take long. It can take 10 minutes, 15 minutes. 15 minutes of your day is really nothing. Think of how many unnecessary things you do for 15 minutes in your daily life. And I'll give you an example scrolling down through your social media. So if you can do that, you can sit down and journal for 15 minutes. The next option is going to be breathwork. Breathwork is my favorite because it's in the root of any self-help tools. Breathing is so important because it's really correlated with the way that we feel. For example, I gave an exa- this example in the previous episodes. Just pay attention to where your breathing is right now. Probably if you're like many of us, you may realize that your breathing is around your chest on the upper side of your upper body. And that just means that you're on high alert, you're completing tasks, you're thinking about what you're going to do, your plans and everything. So your mindset is on how to accomplish things on kind of like a high stress. By simply slowing down your breathing, you can actually reverse that and start feeling calmness instead. By simply shifting your breath from chest to diaphragm from your belly area, you can feel deeper calmness, deeper relaxation. And there are so many tools outside, out there, to explore different, different breathings. I'm aware of some of the apps that you can download to your phone. You can read a lot of books about breathwork. You can go online. There there are a lot of classes that they do breathwork. Even on YouTube, they have so many guided breathwork journeys that you can follow. And they are all very targeted. For example, if you like to feel calm, there is a specific breathwork for that. If you like to feel energetic, there is a specific breathwork for that. If you like to sleep better, there is a specific breathwork for that also. Again, this is not something that needs to be for hours and hours. 
I myself do this for about 10 minutes when I do it, 10 to 15 minutes usually. There are classes that can take up to one hour. I know that there are some practices that are about half an hour. So it's really up to you, whatever feels right to you. And the, my favorite thing about breath work is that you move emotions out of your body. You move that tense feeling because most of us, we sit during the day and that makes our back muscles very tense. We may realize that we are clenching our shoulders. When you're doing breath work, all those muscle tensions and the emotions that you may have been storing during the day kind of moves out of your body. Because you have to follow the guidance for breath work, whether it's inhaling on a count of four, exhaling on a count of eight, or holding your breath for a certain amount of time, you're doing something out of your ordinary. Because during the day, when we're breathing, it's something that we don't pay attention to, right? We don't put any effort into breathing. We don't think about breathing. We just do it. But during breath work, when you're following guidance, when you have to do certain things in a certain amount of time, in a certain way, for example, in some breathing techniques, you breathe in and out from your mouth, which is very out of the ordinary. Those require your conscious alertness, you being in that present moment and practicing and trying and following constantly. That means you're in the present. When your conscious awareness is needed and when you're following the guidance, you're in the present, you're in the flow, you're in your breath, you're in your body. And that means you're not in the past, you're not in the future, you're thinking about here and right now. Next thing I really, really love is meditation. Like I said, I do meditation myself almost every day by alternating. And I love meditation because, first of all, now we know a lot better about how meditation really stimulates calmness, relaxation, gives us better management overall over our emotions, kind of helps us to detach ourselves from the emotion. Because when we're feeling a very overwhelming emotion, like anxiety, like anger, we feel like we are consumed by the emotion. So it becomes very unhelpful and blocking at that moment. When you practice meditation regularly, it's easier for you to detach yourself from your emotions. There are many different forms of meditation. For example, some people do guided meditation. Some people do mindfulness as form of meditation. Some people just practice meditation with breathing. Find what works for you because everyone has different preferences and what works with someone may not work for you understandably. Once you find that, you can just start practicing it every day. And again, this is something very versatile. So you may practice it for 10 minutes. Another person may do it for one hour. My favorite one is guided journeys because I feel like my mind chattering is very, very powerful. And although I try to calm it down or observe it for a long time, it has been very hard for me, so I have been choosing practicing guided meditation. If you're someone like me, you may prefer guided meditation, but I know that even calming down your mind chattering takes time, so don't give up on yourself. Make sure to practice it every day, and this is one of the reasons why we need to practice these things every single day. When we are consistent, we, number one, master 
whatever we are practicing. Number two, we understand our body and our emotional and physical response to different, different things. And we eventually master whatever we are doing. So at first, you may feel like it's not working. And this applies to any of the self-improvement habits that you may work on. At first, you may feel like it's not working, it's not helping. But the more you practice, the better you will become at that thing. Of course, mindfulness is part of meditation and it's been helpful to so many people because it's very effective in terms of dissociating you from the emotion, from the event, from whatever is consuming you. Helps you observe from an outsider point of view instead of being insider. Because, you know, when we're in the middle of something, we can't see other perspectives. So mindfulness helps you step outside and look from other perspectives. And therefore, you can come up with different options, different opinions, different emotions. Then you get to pick and choose whichever you want to buy in, whichever you want to believe in, whatever story you want to buy, rather than finding yourself consumed in something that you didn't even choose or had an idea. Next thing I'm going to talk about is going to be walking. You may think that walking is just a physical exercise, but walking is so much more than just a physical exercise. Walking is such a good venting place because when you're walking, especially by yourself, number one, you're engaging your senses. You're looking outside, you're smelling wherever you're walking, and you are kind of in the present. This gives you a time to process your emotions, This gives you a time to dream, be yourself, be in the moment. As a plus side, it also makes you fitter. It works your body in a better way because not just for being fit or lose weight, walking is a great activity for almost all people in all stages, in all conditions. It works your body physically and mentally towards positive in a very strong way. And next thing is going to be self-hypnosis. I love self-hypnosis. I teach self-hypnosis because like I told you guys in the past, it helped me to stop biting my nails. If it helped me, that means it can help you and it can help you with variety of things. The most important reason why I like self-hypnosis is because the mind chattering is totally gone because self-hypnosis requires your 100% focus and attention because you are the one who is guiding yourself to that hypnotic state. So self-hypnosis is a form of light hypnosis in which you guide yourself down to a calm and relaxed state like hypnosis. And in there, you can give yourself suggestions, you can imagine things in a positive way, And that's how you get your mind targeted towards that specific goal. The difference between meditation and self-hypnosis is very subtle because in reality, they're very, very close to each other in terms of state and the feeling. But during meditation, our focus is usually on stillness, release, relief, being in the moment, being in the present, the awareness, increased consciousness. But in self-hypnosis, we can work towards a goal. This can be increasing our motivation. This can be eating better, sleeping better. It can even be something like if you're a salesperson, increasing your sales numbers. 
Or for me, for example, I've been working on my confidence and I, I know that it's been helping me in certain presentations, certain situations. I feel like I'm myself again. That's another reason why I really, really like self-hypnosis. And if you like to learn more about self-hypnosis, I would love you to join to my class. Check it out from my website. And you can find a link to my website for the self-hypnosis class on the episode notes. Just click on it and make sure that you reserve your spot because I don't open it for a big group so that we can be more intimate, more focused, more specific group. I would love to see you there. Regardless, even if you don't join to my class, I know that there is a lot of self-hypnosis instructions out there. You can find it through Google. You can find it through YouTube. Many people really put it out there because it's easy, but also it's very effective. I think there are a few tips that really improve someone's self-hypnosis practice. And if you know those tips, it'll be no time for you to get to that strong and confident point. And the next thing is going to be yoga. Yoga has been in our lives for a long time. Yoga doesn't have to be only physical. But when it's physical, it's also connecting your mind and your body together. And that's why I really, really love yoga. Although I don't practice yoga myself, I did it in the past for physical purposes. And I also love how it really challenges your body. Although you think certain things, certain movements seem easy or it seems like it has no meaning. It does have a lot of meaning, a lot of purpose and a lot of connection. If you're a yoga person, make sure to add it to your daily practice. And it doesn't have to be full-on one-hour yoga practice. It can be something like you can do your favorite moves or stretches, and it can fold into only 15 minutes. Start with wherever you can. For example, one of the things that people give me as an excuse is they don't have one hour in their daily life to invest every single day. I understand that and I know how everyone has a different type of busy day-to-day life. But I know that you can invest 15 minutes into yourself, right? If it's 15 minutes, start from 15 minutes where you're comfortable with. Because anytime we try to add a habit into our daily life, it's already a hard thing to start a new habit. Make it easy for yourself. That's why make sure to pick something that feels positive to you, that feels encouraging to you. Start with that thing and add the smallest time at first. If it's 10 minutes, 10 minutes it is. If it's 20 minutes, 20 minutes it is. But start. That's what matters. Starting and practicing every single day. After you get really, really comfortable with with that 15 minutes, maybe you can make it 20 minutes. Maybe you can make it 25 minutes. Maybe you can make it half an hour, only if you want to. Now you have an option. After you add that 15 minutes, that gives you an option of adjusting, making it longer, making it shorter, making it in the evening, making it in the morning. So you find your own best parts. One of the very frequent questions that I get from my clients is that I watch TV, I read books. This is the time that I take for myself. When I read a book, watch TV, play games, that's how I relax myself. I know that's taking time for yourself, but also I know that that's almost like an escape. 
Because when you're watching TV, you're not focusing on your mind. You're not focusing on your body. You're not focusing on yourself at all. And that's the purpose, not to focus on yourself, but to not think about anything else and just focus on whatever scenario was given to you. So you don't have to focus on yourself. That sounds a lot like an escape, right? That doesn't sound like you are actually connecting your mind and your body. You're being present in a moment. You're releasing and managing your emotions. You're relaxing yourself, taking time for your own self-improvement. That sounds a lot like you're escaping the reality because it's hard to deal with. It's easier not to deal with. Or you think that it's relaxing you. But in reality, it just keeps your mind very busy without focusing on your own self. So if you've been thinking that that's how you relax yourself, like you actually have a self-improvement time for yourself in your daily life, and that was watching TV, playing games on your phone or PlayStation or reading a book, I will disagree with you because yes, it is taking time for yourself. Like you are not engaging with other people, you're not doing chores, But I think there are better alternatives out there for you, especially someone who is dealing with anxiety. That means you have a lot going on in your mind. You have a very busy mind chattering. You have a lot of things, plans from the past into the future. So you deserve something to take care of yourself physically and mentally, connecting your mind and your body. Think of what anxiety means. When you're anxious, you're either in the past or in the future. You're not in the present. And every time you connect yourself in the present, you're in the flow. The anxiety doesn't exist because in the present, there are no worries. Present is just present. It's right now. I would definitely recommend leaving the book and the TV to a shorter time. So say you're watching TV for half an hour. Can you do that for 50 minutes? And invest the rest of the 50 minutes into one of those habits that I just talked about. And it's simple, 15 minutes. You can do anything for 15 minutes in your daily life. So it's really up to you if you like to prolong the effects of hypnosis. Nobody wants to go to therapy all the time, right? Nobody wants to see someone for the rest of their lives. But everybody wants to have better management over their emotions. Everybody wants to be more flexible and not break down when something heavy happens. Even though there may be bad days, don't get so hurt from the bad days. And these habits are going to give you that flexibility that you're looking for. Let's go over again. We talked about journaling, breath work, meditation and mindfulness. We talked about walking, self-hypnosis, yoga and stretching. It seems like it's five things, but in reality, it's seven things. And maybe there's something even more different for you that I am not aware of, or maybe I forgot to add, or maybe it's not very common, so I didn't think of adding it in here. But find that thing for you and start practicing it at least for 15 minutes a day, taking that time for your mind and for your body. And you will realize that it significantly changes that anxious response.
Let me know how it goes. And if you have any problems with adding these new habits in your daily life, hypnosis is a great tool for that. I would love to give you more tools and tactics as to how you can make that transition easy. You can email me at begum at b-hypnotize.com or visit my website www.mindoverbodypodcast.com and I would love to hear from your success story or even failure story if you tried hypnosis and didn't work, if you tried hypnosis and it worked or any other thing that you would love to share, I would love to hear. Until next week.